earlier episode, I touched on the topic of helping with the family's income as a stay-at-home mom. The first aspect that I mentioned was the concept of saving a living. Well, how do you do that? I mean, how do you save a living instead of earning a living, like getting a paycheck? In this post, I'd like to share with you three key principles on how to help save money in the grocery budget and how we apply that in our own family. The first step would be plan in advance. The second would be set aside a few dollars from each week's grocery budget for future bulk purchases. And the third would be stick to the plan. Planning in advance. Hmm. How do you plan in advance for grocery shopping? Is it just you sit down and you write out a menu or a grocery list? How does this even start? Where's the beginning point? So here's what I found that works for us. I simply take a sheet of notebook paper and I write down all the days and next to it, I write down the day of the week. For our family, we have a very structured set. For instance, every Tuesday night, it's our family worship night. And because of that, we want as much time as possible to be able to stay at the dinner table, to be able to sing together, pray, and have our Bible study. Now, I don't know about your family, but in ours, I, I've got some picky eaters. <laughs> If we have a meal that they turn their noses up at, we can sit there for an hour and a half trying to get them to eat, and that is a big waste of time. So to get around that, Tim asked me that for every Tuesday night, I fix a breakfast meal. Never fail. Every Tuesday. That meal could be scrambled eggs, biscuits and gravy, um, a breakfast casserole. The list goes on and on. All the different types of breakfasty type of foods. Why? Because our kids love breakfast food, and we don't have to fight with them to eat. They inhale it. It's easy to make, easy to clean up, and really, really easy to get them to eat it. When that happens, we then have all that extra time to spare for family worship. So every Tuesday on my list is going to have a breakfast meal, and I'll just, you know, rotate them out. Then there might be other days of the week you have specific events plans. Um, again, in our family, we do Fridays as family pizza and a movie night. So I make homemade pizza every Friday night. I don't have to think about that. It's like a no-brainer. Um, if we're going to be home, it's pizza night. Other days of the week that I know are going to have a lot of different functions going on, like a care group with our church, trail life meetings, different things. I know how much time I'm going to have in the kitchen or how busy I'm going to be. And based on that, I then plug it into my calendar so I know what type of meal I can fix. For instance, if it's a therapy day and I'm not going to get home until late afternoon, I'm not going to have a whole lot of time to fix, you know, a, a big fancy meal. So that's something on those nights where I'm going to consider, hmm, I probably need to put something in the crock pot or, you know, what can I put in the pressure cooker that's going to be really fast. I just plan in advance. That gives you an idea of how to take your life, you know, take your schedule, put it on the calendar, and then based on what your schedule is, create a menu. If you only have enough meals to fill in one week, hey, that's great. If they are seven proven meals you know your family will eat, they're not going to be picky about, and you're not going to waste food, plug it in and just keep rotating that week's meals until you find where you can start increasing more. Then you build up to two weeks worth of meals and you take those two weeks and rotate them twice. So you just fix the same meal twice a month instead of, you know, four times a month. I think you get the idea of how that works. Every family's different. So find what works for your family and just plug that into a calendar. So that's the first thing that I do. I plan. 
After I figured out what my menu is going to be for that week or that month, I go ahead and I start to write out my grocery list. The first thing I want to do is to take that menu and I sit down with a piece of paper and start to plan out what do I need for ingredients. After I know what ingredients I need for that entire week, I go to my freezer and my pantry and mark off every single ingredient I already have in stock. Because if I don't need to buy it at the grocery store, that saves money because I already have it. Once I've done that, the next step would be to fill in the gaps, you know, like plug the holes, so to speak. I would do that by sitting down with the sale papers. Um, They send out the paper every Tuesday with the Kroger ads in our area and, and coupons. And the new sale cycle starts on Wednesday. So I usually do my shopping on Thursdays. That gives me a little bit of time to kind of look through what's on sale. Some stores just advertise online. Regardless, I do my research. And the key to that is try to plan on shopping at least three different stores. Why is that important? Because if you only shop at one store, more than likely, you're not going to save money. Take advantage of price wars. That's the benefit of capitalism. (laughs) Stores have competition and want your business. So they're going to give you every incentive possible to come shop with them, which means that you save more money. You need to learn how the system works. The best way I found to do this was... um, keep a little notebook inside my bag and I write out everything that I regularly buy. For instance, you buy milk every week or, you know, if you shop once a month. I'm sure you buy butter or bread, uh, you know, breakfast items, flour, sugar, those types of things. Whatever it is that you buy regularly, start writing down the prices. You write the name of the store and you write the price. And the reason this is important is because you're actually creating a record system that you will be able to utilize to see where the sales cycles are. And eventually you just, you start to memorize the prices, the things that you buy all the time. Stores cycle through prices every six to eight weeks. You know, think about it. When, when do you see all the Kroger sales for chips and salsa, uh, chicken wings, dip, stuff for cold and flu medicine, healthy foods, uh, you know, diet foods? January. Why? Because you've got the Super Bowl game coming up and you've got people who are wanting to reorganize their homes or are starting New Year's resolutions with losing weight. Well, the stores reflect that. So they're going to sell certain items at certain times of the year. And a really good website that I have found helpful is www.inspiringsavings.com. She has a great list of things to put together for you. I mean, it, it is so helpful. And the more knowledge you have in this area the more power you have and the more you're able to save in your own budget for your family, which, you know, it's extremely important. What do you do with all that information? You know, why is it so important? Well, when you're putting together your game plan, you now have your menu, your grocery list, and record of all the prices listed. You take those prices and plug them into your grocery list. That means before you even go to the store, you have a rough estimate of what you're going to spend. This is great because... You know, say for instance, I have on my menu a pot roast, but I don't have one in my freezer, so I have to buy one. Well, that's about, you know, 9 to $12 for a decent size pot roast um, if I can find one on sale. That, but that would put me over my budget. 
Instead of buying that piece of meat, I can take it off my grocery list, save the money, and instead put something else in place, like a squash spaghetti bake or a meatless uh, chili fiesta served over rice with taco toppings on it. There's all different kinds of ways you can incorporate changes into the menu after you see, oh, hey, I can't really afford to buy that cut of meat this week. Or, you know, do we really need to have those side items? Maybe we can fudge and do something else instead. That's how you can stay within your budget so you don't end up overspending when you go to the store. The second thing I would say in this would be to always try to set aside a few dollars from each week's grocery budget to have a surplus available. I literally have to force myself to take money out of that budget and set it aside. It's that thought of um, out of sight, out of mind. If I don't see it, I don't spend it. I have my budget and I just take a little bit off the top. It's there, but by me not planning on spending it, I won't spend it. Therefore, I'm always saving money. There's that old saying that says, uh, failure to plan is planning to fail. And that is oh so true for me. (laughs) If I don't plan in advance to save money, it won't get saved. I always have that tendency of thinking, oh, well, I'll just, I'll save whatever I have left over from the grocery budget this week. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, very rarely is there anything left over from the grocery budget. (laughs) That route just isn't going to work. The reason you need the savings is because when you go to the store and you end up finding those special deals, if you don't have extra money saved up, you're going to end up going over your grocery budget for that week. Um, And you don't want to do that. The goal is you always stay under your budget. So if you have that surplus, when you have money set aside to go ahead and buy the things you need at the lowest price possible, you know, the professionals always say, don't stock up on items unless they are 60% or more off the original price. So you aren't going to spend the full price for anything. You want it to be rock bottom. And that's when you stock up. That's when you restock your pantry and your freezer and you're not going to pay top dollar for it. That goes back to when you're putting together your menu. You shop in your pantry and in your freezer first. And you can do that because you have been stockpiling all these staples items using your surplus there, if that makes sense to you. So you have that extra money set aside when you're at the store. If you see those special buys, you have that extra money to go ahead and bulk up. You can restock your staple items. That's how over time that snowball effect begins to kick in. You start to save more and more and more because you're not having to go to the store. Say, for instance, you run out of flour or you know you needed to buy flour. Well, if you had stocked up on flour when it is 60% or 70% off when it was on sale, you then don't have to run to the store because you ran out and pay 100% for it. No, you would go to your surplus, your stockpile, and you would have flour there and you would basically, you'd be shopping in your own pantry and, and that's where you would get it. So you see how it saves, but it just takes time to start seeing that effect. So again, the second principle of always setting aside a few dollars from your budget is very, very important. The third principle to this, and I think it's probably the hardest, but most beneficial, is stick to the plan no matter what. If you need to save money and things are tight, you know, just really tight and you're struggling, do not deviate off your list for any reason, especially 
If you don't have that surplus saved to buy those on-sale items, I don't care if you see the best deal ever and you're like, oh, I so could use that and, and it would help save money in the long run. No, if you don't have that extra money in your surplus saved and it's going to cause you to go over your budget, don't do it. Do not. The goal is to stick to the plan. Stick to your plan. Stick to your budget. That's how you can save money and that's how it works. And it does work. Trust me, I'm feeding a family of seven every week, and we can stick to our grocery budget for about $100 a week, but it takes strategy. If you're serious about saving money, you can do it. I hope this episode was a help to you in some way. For episodes to come, like and subscribe to our YouTube or podcast channels to follow us on our journey. Until next time, God bless. (music) 